0: Man, you guys look good this morning. Them. They. They. I was looking that way, Jonah. All right. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for for braving the cold and coming and hanging out with us. We're glad that you're here at Fusion City Church. My name is Brian. I'm the teaching pastor here. I have the the opportunity, the privilege most weeks to to communicate and uh, spend time together, you and I, opening God's word just to see what it has to say about our lives. And if this is your first time hanging out with us today man we're so so glad that you chose to come and, and just spend some time to give us some of your time we we know you could have picked a whole lot of other places to hang out this morning you could have, it's cold you could have stayed in your nice warm bed and slept in and you're like Brian shut up cuz I'm thinking about going back like 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 you you could have done any of that but you chose to come and hang out with us man we're so so glad that you're here we'd love to honor you by giving you a gift um, but we, we want, we're going to give you a gift in exchange for something. So if, if uh, when you came in, you got uh, one of our programs, the bottom half of that is called a connection card. If you'll fill that out, tear that off and take that to the hub on your way out today, we have a gift there for you. Just our way of saying thanks for coming and spending some time with us. We're really, really glad that you're here. And we're, uh, we're in week three of a series today called Peeled. Uh, what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks is kind of digging into this idea that at the very core of all of us, that there's, there's a deeper part of us that's more than just our surface level, the things that we know. There's, there's a deeper part of us that's what we feel, what we know in our spirit. We talked about that a lot last week. There's a difference between our mind and our soul. There's a deeper heart of each and every one of us. And what we want to do throughout this series is we want to peel back the external so that we can get a real look at the real you and the real me. Because we, we live in a culture that, that, that wants to define us, don't we? I mean, come on. We, we live in a time and a day and an age where everything that the world says has a lot to do with how a lot of people feel, how they value themselves, what they think of themselves. Here's the problem with that. When we believe what, what somebody else says about us and not what God, our creator and our designer has to say about us, we put ourselves in a box. We, we begin to believe things like, well, I can't really do that because I'm just a whatever, fill in the blank. Or we'll either think things like, I, I can't do that because of, who I am, or where I grew up, or what I look like, or how much money I make, or how much education I have, or all these things will allow the world to tell us that unless you have a certain level of something, you can't be anything. Or the exact exact reverse of that is true. We'll begin to believe that because I've achieved so much, because I've made so much of myself in my life, that there are some things that, other things are just beneath me. Like I I wouldn't get involved with those people. Right? Like we, we begin to have these, these kind of thoughts. And here's what I want us to understand that anything that confines you makes you its prisoner. I mean, that makes sense, right? If we were to, to define freedom as I'm sorry, if we were to define slavery or prison as the lack of freedom, then anything that confines us, anything that puts us in some box or some classification or some characterization. That isn't anything that God had to say or anything that's, that I believe about myself. Anything that confines me makes me its prisoner. They used to tell me that I couldn't rap because I was white. And I'll spare you because I'm not a very good one. All right? if you've been ha- now, if you've been hanging out with us for a while, you've been privileged. All right? If you haven't heard me rap, ain't gonna happen today. You gotta come back. It'll happen at a later date. Now, see, that's a teaser. Get you to keep coming back. You hear the white guy rap, but like we, when we believe anything that says I can't because I'm just, then we've allowed something to make us its prisoner. And if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been in the the book of. Galatians, And what we're seeing is that Paul is beginning to tell the people in the area of Galatia that what you're doing by believing some of these teachings that say you got to do this and then you got to do this. If you want to be something, you got to do something. If you want God to love you, you got to act like this. If you want God to, to, to favor you, you got to do these things. If you want God to, to bless you, you got to do these things. And what Paul has been kind of beating into their skull, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, is that that's just not how God works. Because when you fall into a system of rules and restrictions and regulations, and it's got to it's be this before you get this, and you've got to do good to get good, and if you do bad, you get bad, and all that other kind of stuff. When you begin to think about God in those terms, then those ideas, those mentalities put you in a box. They confine you. They make you their slave. Possibly you weren't called to be slaves. God has something better in mind. You. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with us, we're going to be in uh, the book of Galatians again this week. We're going one chapter a week so far. We're in chapter 4 today. We're going to start in verse 1. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we, we are on YouVersion Live. You can follow us that way if you've got the Bible app, or we, we're going to put the words on the screen for you. So there's a lot of places you can find Scripture this morning. We kind of like it that way at Fusion Ch- City Church. We just believe the Bible's kind of a big deal. All right, so Galatians chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 1, Paul says, I mean... That the heir, that's you and me, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, so though he has an inheritance, he's the owner of everything, he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we are children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Here's what Paul's saying. There is a way that the world wants to classify you. There's a box that the world wants to put you in based on where you grew up, how much education you got, how much money you make, and what you look like. But those are, those are elementary. Those are basic things. And when you're a child, those are the things that you are under as a slave. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. If you remember, we said that to redeem is to add value so that we might receive adoption as sons or daughters, the ladies in the room. And because you are sons or daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, verse seven, you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is what Paul is saying. God has something more in mind for you than slavery. God had more in mind for you than existing in a box that the world wants wants to put you in. And until the right time comes when God sent forth his son, before before that happened, you and I were enslaved to the classification and the clarification and the characterizations that the world wanted to put on you and me. He said, but, but now that the son has come, we're no longer slaves, we are heirs. Here's the problem with that. Before we begin a relationship with God, before we enter into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, you and I are still under the elementary principles of the world, which put us in the box and characterize and classify us as whatever it wants to characterize and classify us as. It's all we know. It's familiar, it's comfortable. And because it's familiar and comfortable, even when we enter into a relationship with God and we experience the freedom that's found in Christ, we're no longer slaves but heirs. Our minds, our flesh, our bodies, everything that was formerly a slave is being pulled back towards this thing that's familiar and comfortable and what we're used to. I, don't, I did a little bit of research this week. I've done some before, a similar topic. For those who have been uh, incarcerated for decades, 15, 20, 30 years, and they spend their, their majority of their life in prison, even once they get out, here's what I found out. A lot of those people will commit crimes so they can go back to prison. Because they're so accustomed to prison life that life outside of prison doesn't feel right to them. They would rather be in prison because it's what's familiar. And that's what Paul is saying to the people in Galatia. He said, what, look, at, look at verse eight and nine. This is what he says. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. And so you were believing in something that wasn't really a God. But now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Here's, here's, what, here's the argument Paul's making why in the world would you want to go back to prison? And the answer is because it's, it's familiar, it's comfortable. Before you and I meet Christ, we're, we're saturated, we're inundated, we're controlled by, we're just, we're just filled up with the things that the world wants to tell us about us. And even when we experience the freedom that comes in allowing our spirits to trust in Christ and to have our souls set free, our flesh longs to still be in prison, still be a slave. Now, I had this thought as I was kind of getting ready for this week because I've, I've met a lot of people, a lot of people that would say that, well, yeah, but I mean, isn't being a Christian kind of like being under rules? And, I mean, isn't that kind of like being a slave, like willingly being a slave? And I, I've heard this from a lot of people who are outside of the church who aren't believers, who aren't followers of Christ, they'll say, yeah, I, I would be a Christian. I just don't want to have to follow all those rules. I, I, I kind of like my freedom. I want to do what I want to do. And here's, here's my argument. I like to make arguments with people in my head. I don't do it a lot out loud, but I do it a lot in my head. I don't know if you do that or what, or if I'm just weird, but it's how I work. Here's, here's an argument I would make. For someone who isn't in a relationship with Jesus Christ, are they really free? I mean, think about it. Every single one of us, believer, non-believer alike, we're all born with some kind of internal desire to, to, to do something other than just exist. Like we've met those couch potatoes that they're, they're content to just exist. All right, Even the inside of the church and outside of the church, people look down on people who have no ambition to do anything. All of us were born with some kind of internal desire to set goals, to, to want to achieve, to, to want to be something. Like Nobody is content to just be. They want to be something. And in order to be something, in order to achieve a goal, in order to make it to some level or be something or whatever whatever it is, then you have to participate in the pursuit to achieve a goal. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Do your hands like this. No, you're not wrong, Pastor Brian. We know. Like, you're right. Yes, you're right. Like, in order to achieve a goal, you have, catch that word, you have to participate in the pursuit. You can't achieve the goal if you stop the pursuit. There are things required of you in order to achieve the goal. The pursuit. You have to pursue. And anything that makes you do something that you wouldn't normally do confines you and enslaves you. So in order to achieve any goal, you have to become a slave to the pursuit of achieving that goal. Does that make sense? It felt like it was clear as mud. Let me give you you a practical example. There was a day in time in the 10th grade when I decided that the goal for my life, I was gonna marry Aaron Robinson. That was, that was my goal. And so I started the pursuit, and it started with notes, and I got rejected. Bad. I just want to be friends. Like, yeah, I've heard, I heard that one, right? We're too good. Can't mess it up. We're too good, right? But, but, but I had a goal. I'm going to marry that girl. And so I kept up the pursuit, and I figured out that the only way you know, how we, you know how absence makes a heart grow fonder? Like if you really want somebody to want something, take it away from them. I decided to join the Marine Corps just so Erin would marry me. It worked. I left. She went, oh, no, I made a huge mistake. And we got married. End of story. I win. All right? But, but in order to achieve the goal that I wanted to, that's the only reason I joined the Marine Corps. Y'all were wondering. Like the only way that I was ever going to achieve the goal was I had to keep up the pursuit. If I would have given up on the pursuit. At the first no that I got. The goal would have never been achieved. The same thing is true in your life. If you want to be anything. If, you, if you're striving for anything. Whether it's following Christ or being rich. In order to achieve the goal that you're after. You have to maintain the pursuit. And the minute that you give up the pursuit. You are no longer going to achieve the goal. So, when, So when you are in pursuit. You are officially. Enslaved to the pursuit. Does that make sense? You tracking? Are you smelling when I'm stepping in? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Like we're, we're, we're good, right? Like you get it. Well, here's what Paul says to the Galatians in verses 10 through 12. He said, you observe days and months and seasons and years you're pursuing. The, these people that are speaking into your life, that are telling you how you relate to God, they've told you that you've got to observe these days, you've got to observe these months, you got to observe these seasons and these years. Paul says, I'm afraid that everything I did for you, I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. It might have not been worth anything. And he goes on. Paul kind of switches tones. Uh, up until this point in the book of Galatians, Paul, Paul's been very forward, very forceful. Like, why would you want to be slaves? I told you you were set free. Stop thinking the way you're thinking and start thinking with your spirit. Like he, he's kind of beating on him, And then it's, it's, like, he, it's like he backs off. And he says... Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. Paul says, I I know what you're going through, I, I know what it's like to be a slave to those rules. In another book, Paul Paul is called The Pharisee of Pharisees. Like, man, I I know about the rule following. I know how good it feels to achieve. And I know how good it feels to feel like God can't not love you because of how great you are. But I'm telling you, that's... I've been set free, and I want you to be set free too. Brothers, become like me. Because I know what it's like to be where you are. Elsewhere in Scripture... Um, a matter of fact, almost every single letter that Paul writes at, at the beginning of the letter, Paul says, uh, I am a, I'm a bond servant to Christ. That word bondservant means slave. Paul says, I, I, I'm a slave, but I'm a slave to Christ. You see, all of us are going to be a slave to something. Because all of us are going to pursue something. And anything that we pursue makes us its slave. You have to be a slave to keep up the pursuit. Paul says, I'm a slave to Christ. See, the same thing is true for Paul. It's true for me and true for a lot of you in this room. That there was a day and a time where somebody shared the gospel with you. Somebody told you the good news about a God that loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son to be in a relationship with you. And that while you were still some nasty, evil, wicked sinner, that God still loved you enough to want to know you. And in that relationship that God desired to have with you, there was no cost too great from the heaven. So he watched his son be led away and killed because God would accept the sacrifice of of his son as the payment necessary for you and I to be in a relationship with him. And then three days later, God raised Jesus back to life to demonstrate that he was more powerful than death and more powerful than sin. There was a day and time where you and I heard the gospel and believed it. And because we believed it, we no longer had a choice but to respond to it. That's what's true of my life. I believe the gospel. I know it. To be true, And because I know it to be true, I don't have a choice. I am a slave to Christ. I will do whatever I can and whatever he says because I'm trying to live my life in response to the good thing that I've received from him. Here's the difference between being a slave to Christ and being a slave to the rules of the world. That the rules of the world are an external force that will tell you who you are. And a relationship with Jesus Christ is something that happens internally that tells you who you are. Really are. And it's the internal motivation that makes all the difference in the world. Because when you're exposed and influenced by the things that are external, that make you feel, believe something about yourself, then you're a slave to those things. Paul said, I'm a slave to Christ. But that's internally motivated. That's an internal compulsion that I have. And that makes all the difference the problem that paul has with these people in galatia isn't that they don't love jesus but that they've tried to make loving jesus fit into some system of rules and requirements and regulations when god intended for it to be a relationship you see what's pretty common in the church world Churches and Christians have done this since, well, forever, actually. I mean, this this dates all the way back to to Paul talking to the people in Galatia, which wasn't too much, too long after the institution of the church. Like, this has been going on forever. That what we do in our humanity, in our human minds, is we take the freedom that we have in Christ, this relationship that God wants to have, us, pure, unadulterated, just just beautiful thing that God wants to have between himself and you. And it's freeing and it's, there's liberty in it. And we, we might become a slave to it, but only because we're free to become a slave to it. If you don't understand that, we'll talk about it next week. Like, and so we, we take this beautiful freedom that God gives us and we try to we, we shrink it down and we try to cram it back into the box of rules and restrictions and regulations. We try to make a system out of something that God set us free from. Here, here's what it looks like. And again, we've done it forever and we've done it only because our humanity loves to think like this. We just can't seem to snap ourselves out of it. Here's what it sounds like. I love Jesus. But if I want to be a really good Christian, then I don't get to watch R-rated movies anymore. Like in order to be a Christian, I can't watch R-rated movies. In order to be a Christian there's a certain version of the Bible that I have to read. Because if I read any other version of the Bible, that's not really the Bible. That's some you know, at- atrocious, blasphemous thing that somebody else created. Like, that, like I, I gotta read a certain, or, or man, you know what? I heard, I heard she had some alcohol. I heard, I heard she drank a beer. I hope she's gonna like hell. Right? Like th- this, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Right? There's all these, these rules and, and like, oh, if, if you wanna be a good Christian, you gotta dress like this. You know, don't don't come into God's presence. You you, you got to dress to enter into God's presence. Like He didn't see you in the shower this morning or something. I mean, like, come on. I mean, th- th- there's all these these. If you want to be a good Christian? You got to do this. If you want to be a good Christian? You got to do that. If you want God to love you? You got to dress like this. If you want God to love you? You got to believe like this. If you want God to love you? You got to sing these songs, but not those songs. If you want God to really bless and favor you, then you got to behave like this. And you got and we've taken this beautiful freedom that we have in Christ and we've crammed it back into this box of something called legalism. And we've tried to put God into a system that if I do this, and if I do that, and if I get this right, and if I wear that, and if I read this, and if I believe that, then God will love me. Hear me, church. God just loves you. God just, He just loves you. Before the box, Inside the box and outside of the box, God just loves you. While you were still, we talked about that last week, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God just loves you. And all those things that some of them, they're they're well and good, they're well-intentioned. I get that. I'm I'm not bashing people that believe those things in and of themselves. Those things can be good things if those are the things that you do to choose to honor God in response. But when you begin to point to those things as the reason that God should love you, then you're out of line. Because that's never how God intended for us to live. And that's the truth. That's the truth. This is what Paul said in verse 16 concerning the truth. Paul says, have I then become your enemy? By telling you the truth. The gospel is offensive. To people who don't believe the gospel. We talked about this. It, just, it doesn't make any sense. The, the gospel, the good news. It's really unreasonable when you get down to it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And for the people who are looking for it to make sense. They're going to say that's. That, 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 I can't get on board with that. It's, it's offensive to people. The truth can make people. Your enemy, that's what's going on with Paul. He told them the truth and they began to reject him for it. But here is what Paul was trying to, to protect these people in Galatia from. Because all those, all those legalistic thoughts, the read this or do this or believe this or dress like this or don't watch that and don't sing that and all. Those things, when they are fully grown, give birth to thoughts like this. God can't love me because I can't get these things right. And if I can't get these things right, then there's no way God loves me. There's no way God wants to be in a relationship with me. I'm just a fill in the blank. There, there's no way that I could ever be used in anything as vast and grand as God's plan because I still can't seem to get past fill in the blank. Church, those are the thoughts of slaves. That God can't love me until, and God can't love me because, And I'll never amount to anything because I'm just. Those are thoughts born in legalism and fully grown into slavery. Paul said, God God didn't call you to be slaves. He called you to be free people. He called you to be heirs. If you're taking notes, you want to write down an application thought for today, it's this. Slaves never become free by thinking like Slaves you tracking with that you get that slaves never become free by thinking like slaves think back to the civil rights movement here in our very own country as atrocious and as horrific as it is those who were in slavery would have never become free people if they thought we're just slaves Everything in their situations and their circumstances and their upbringing for a lot of them and their everything about their lives told them you are only a slave. But in their spirit, in their souls, they knew that there was more to life than being a slave. So they didn't think like slaves. They didn't confine themselves to the thought that I am just a slave and they fought for what they knew about the real them and they earn their freedom because slaves never become free as long as they continue to think like slaves the same thing is true for you and me we will never earn our freedom from legalism rule following doing things trying to earn God's love and affection and blessing and favor we're never going to experience the freedom from those things as long as we continue to think like we've always thought. It's only when we begin to think like the heirs that we are that we begin to escape the slavery of legalism. I'm trying to put God into a box. So let me ask you a question this morning, church. What are you pointing to as the foundation for your relationship with God? It, is it jesus and, and jesus only or or you tried to add something to jesus is it, is it jesus plus like i love jesus and i believe in jesus but i still have to i still got to do this and i still got to sing that and i still got to read this and i still got to believe that and i still got to act like this and i can't watch that like once i get all those things right then i really know that god loves me come on church jesus plus anything isn't the gospel it's some, it's some perverted, diluted version of something that we heard one time in church. Here's what you gotta know. The only thing you need for a relationship with God is belief in his son, Jesus, and knowing that God loves you just like you are, warts and all. He loves you. And when you begin to add anything to that, you begin to distort and dilute the gospel. So what are you pointing to, Church? What are the things in your life right now that are trying to pull you back in to thinking like a slave? There are, um, there are two verses in scripture that terrify me. They're, they're my least two favorite verses in the whole Bible. And they are what drives me as your pastor. I wanna read them to you. You found in Matthew chapter 7, in verses 22 and 23. It's Jesus speaking. Jesus says, on that day, many will say to me. You, you get that? Many, a lot, a whole bunch. Not, not just a little bit, but a lot. Not just a few. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and read the version of the Bible that we thought we were supposed to read and wear the kind of clothes we thought we were supposed to wear and sing the kind of songs we thought we were supposed to sing and do many mighty works in your name. God, didn't we we do all that stuff in your name? And look at his response and I'll declare to them I never knew you I don't know you depart me depart from me you workers of lawlessness here's the question you got to ask yourself this morning am I pointing to anything other than Jesus for how I connect with my heavenly father? I'm pointing to how good I behave or how well I act or what I listen to on the radio or what I watch on TV. Is there anything in your life that you're counting on, that you're putting your trust and faith in to connect you with our heavenly father? Other than Jesus. Sometimes that requires a difficult conversation with ourselves. we we, we got to get real deep inside. we got to get to the core of who we are to find that answer. For those of you in the room who would say, hey, Pastor Brian, man, don't, don't worry about me. I'm good. I know that my relationship with God is is." is contingent solely on my relationship with his son Jesus Christ now here's here's what I would say to you this morning you need to begin to identify those things those areas in your life that would pull you back in because in my experience as soon as I feel like I've got it all figured out that's exactly when I'm in a a whole lot of trouble because the closer I get to Christ the harder our enemy fights what's true for me is going to be true for you too if you are in that sweet spot, like, I, I know, like, I'm, I'm right there. Then the enemy wants nothing more than to derail that. So he loves to bring in things like pride and arrogance and that kind of stuff and tell us, hey, you're good, don't worry about it. So we've got to be honest with ourselves. For some of the others in the room, you may say, yeah, Pastor Brian, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I know that I love Christ, but, but I also believe that I have to do this, 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 and this, and this. This morning, I hope that you'll have the opportunity to be set free from some of that way of thinking and begin to live your life in response to the gospel, not trying to earn it. And maybe you say, well, I, I, I just don't know. I don't really know where I fall. Here, here's what I'd love for you to do. And we, we, don't, we don't mention this enough and I hope that we'll start. On, on that card that I mentioned for our, our first time guest this morning, a connection card on the back of that or there's a spot at the bottom that says, I'd like to speak to a pastor. We look at that every single week to see if anybody wants to speak with us. If you've got a question, if you are not sure, if you're wrestling with some stuff, man, we, we want to have a conversation. We, we want to talk on the phone. We want to sit down for coffee. And we want to we help you figure out this walk with Christ thing. That's what God has called us to, to, to lead and to shepherd and to guide and to help and to be a servant to you. We want to serve you. So if you're not sure about your relationship with God, if you're not sure what, what you're counting on, if you're not sure if you even have a relationship with God and you want to know for sure, man, let us, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. You can mark that box. One of us will get in contact with you this week. For all of us in the room, here's what I want us to do. Let's pray together for just a minute. Let's, let's, let's get on our faces and let's beg God this morning to help us live like the free people that he's called us to be here's what I know is true. Salvation, a relationship with God and salvation, it's a one-time decision. And then it's a daily fight to live like we're truly set free. So would you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to come to church, to, to, to listen to your word, be taught. God, we're thankful for the opportunity that we have to sing, to lift your name in praise because God, like Quentin said, you're worthy. Father, what's, what's been so true in my life and what, what I believe to be true for so many of us is that's so easy to believe and feel and experience on a Sunday morning in this environment. But God, then the minute that we get outside of these doors, the, the, the world and their, their classifications and their way of, of characterizing people, God, it begins to slip back in. We begin to believe these, these, these lies That you can't just love me for who I am, but you gotta love me for how I act or how I behave and that I gotta do something to earn your favor, your blessing or your love. And God, we know that's not true. So God, would you help us this morning to hear and see the truth? You love us just like we are. You love us us enough not to leave us there. So God, may every change that we make, may every decision, that we make, may every path that we follow be in response to the good news of how much you love us and of your son who died for us. God, help us to believe the true gospel, not to add anything to it, God, because we know that Jesus plus anything isn't really the gospel. So God, this morning we fix our eyes on you, on your son, on your love. God, help us to see you, hear you, feel you this morning as we lift your name in praise. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us?